Women Taking the Lead, Episode 164. I've always, you know, talked to my clients about the idea that vulnerability is the ultimate invulnerability. Uh, because if it's if it's out there and you're the one willing to, to put it out there and to acknowledge whatever it is that you need to acknowledge, nobody can hurt you. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Every child wants to be the hero of their own story. At JulesCustomBooks.com, your child plays the central role in every book, bringing joy and delight when they hear their name and those of their family and friends. Visit JulesCustomBooks.com to make your child the star of the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Women Taking the Lead. I'm excited to be bringing you the male perspective today. This podcast isn't just about women helping women. It's my philosophy that it's going to take both genders working together to see more women stepping up as leaders. We can gain a lot of insights from men. So I interview men who work with women around their leadership development. And as our guest today, we have Luke Iorio, who is the president of the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching, or IP. He is a dad, a spouse, an entrepreneur, a conscious growth strategist, coach, blogger, podcaster, a wide-angled observer, and enthusiastic participant in the game of life who seeks to ask and answer what's truly possible. In fact, Luke has made a career out of disrupting life's good enough status quo, a digital mastermind behind the Live, Lead, Play Network, IPEX publishing arm. Luke has built a high-conscious multimedia publishing platform rivaling today's lifestyle verticals. As a certified professional coach, Luke became the youngest CEO in IPEX history and was soon recognized as one of New Jersey's elite 40 under 40 prodigies while helping to position IPEX as a best place to work and nabbing a top 10 spot amid Leadership Excellence Magazine's Leadership 500 list. Currently presiding as IPEX president, Luke and his team have graduated over 11,000 coaches and coach-centric leaders traversing 44 countries via in-person training immersion programs, and targeted education sweeping the virtual marketplace. Luke, we joked before we started recording, when do you have time to sleep? <laughs> but- Jody, I, I appreciate that, that introduction and also very much appreciate being here. <laughs> My goodness. So I'd like to say that's a little intro for everyone, but that's quite an intro for everyone. But tell us more about you and what the work you're doing out in the world. Sure. You know, I, I found this this field of coaching um, about 12 and a half years ago, and I did not know that it existed. Uh, I was coming out of the consulting arena. I was working with uh, mostly entrepreneurial businesses, so small business consulting work. And most of the work that I did around uh, with them, even though it had to do with marketing strategies or management systems or anything like that, at the end of the day, it always had to do with the person the person that was leading that business, leading that team, and, and what have you. And so I got very fascinated in the development of people uh, because that's the kind of the nature of the work that was tied to what I was doing and at the same time in my own professional development uh, and journey. Uh, if For anybody that's ever been an entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurism is a crash course in personal development. Because if you have any lesson you need to learn, any block, any fear, I promise you it will come up when you start a business. And so um, as I kind of meshed these different worlds together and found out what coaching was, uh, I was enthralled. 
And I was enthralled because, A, that, that question actually you mentioned from the introduction of what's truly possible um, is something that, that's kind of followed me around in different ways in my life. And I think that coaching is that profession that gets people to ask that question of themselves, what's truly possible? Um, and so uh, now I, I, I get to be part of this community and part of this training institute uh, that uh, trains individuals to be coaches, to help clients answer these types of questions in, in any number of realms, whether it be their career or leadership or business or in life or in health and wellness and relationships, what, what, what have you, uh, and gets them to, gets the clients to really begin to open up their eyes to a a life of this is what it could truly be. This is uh, the meaning that I could have in life. This is the meaning that I can infuse in all different aspects of my life, my relationships, and uh, and everything else. So uh, to be part of a community like that, a training institute, has just been a blessing uh, for the past dozen years. Uh, and then we're expanding into some other things you mentioned in, in the introduction of how we're bringing that community out even further through digital publishing and um, social media and all, all sorts of other forms. Uh, so it's been... It's been a great ride, uh, and I know that you know specific to you know the the audience that you have of uh, women that are taking the lead. I think probably that's the one other thing that that's worth mentioning with this profession and and the work that we do is that over two thirds of the coaching industry are women, um, and I think that's for a very very specific reason. Uh, a in terms of just kind of some of the openness and vulnerability that tends to go hand in hand with. Uh, with a helping profession like coaching. Uh, but I also think it's representative of some of the change that we're seeing uh, in society and economy and commerce uh, with more and more women going into entrepreneurship, uh, as well as more and more women doing exactly what you say, taking the lead. Mm -hmm, absolutely. I, I noticed that in my coaching program too. It was mostly women and there was this drive, this motivation to help other people mm -hmm be the best that they could be, be successful. And I love hearing everything that you have going on. You definitely have a big why. <laughs> um, and that gives you a lot of energy going forward. And I also love that you also focused in on the human element of a business because yeah, th there are certain things in business that have to be in place structurally. It has to, you know, work, but more often than not, what holds a business back is the human element. And that is so overlooked. Um, in a lot of businesses. It's inevitable. Uh, you know, with, with any businesses, and I, I look at it from entrepreneurship because that's my background, but it's true for any leader in a position of influence inside of an organization, your team, let alone your business, are going to reflect who you are. They're going to reflect your energy. They're going to reflect your engagement. Uh, you know, most of the time we look at organization or business culture as this thing that develops. It's kind of the unwritten norms that, that take over in, in a team or in a business. Well, that comes from somewhere. So the more that you focus on yourself, the more that you realize you know, kind of who you are and what you're bringing into any given environment, you're the one creating that culture in the first place. It doesn't have to be by accident. And so, um, you know, that the human element, you you can try to avoid it. You can't. It's not, not possible. <laughs> You're not getting away from yourself. Exactly. Wherever I go, there I am. Exactly. Awesome. So Luke, to start us off with, because, you know, I love hearing stories and we're going to, we're going to, you're going to share some really good stories with us, but I always love to lead off with a story about a woman who has impacted you as a leader. Can you share with us one of those stories? Sure. Uh, I'll probably actually just reference a, a few, uh, because I, I could very easily turn, uh, just honestly to my family. Um, you know, my mom is, which is really interesting because I come from, uh, two parents 
parents. Uh, my dad, the, the typical business guy, as, a, as it were, an entrepreneur. My mom, who was the artist and creative voice. And that had a major, major impact on, on who I am. So even though I'm in business, I almost went to school for art, very interested in things like design and, and just kind of expanded my mind to looking at things very very, very differently. Uh, and that was instilled in me from a very early age. Um, at the same time, I also think about the impact that my, my wife has had on me. Um, and I say that because she was uh, 13 years as an inner city school teacher. Uh, absolutely the patience of an angel, this woman. And what really just was a, a major changer for me in terms of the way in which she led me was that I was going through a tough time before I found coaching. And I was in a career that was just absolutely not leading anywhere. And uh, after, I'm not going to go into the exact events, but after going through a couple of events, I, w I literally came home one day and I said, I, I can't do this anymore. This is not this is not where I belong. And at the time, we knew we were about to get engaged. We were, she was making a teacher's salary. We were living in, I'm not even sure our, our apartment was 700 square feet at the time. And she, without hesitation, just looked at me and said, well, what you're doing is not what you're meant to do. So whatever we've got to do, I don't care if you don't make an income for the next however long, we'll figure it out. Quit your job. And at that moment, to be able to, to be accepted in that way, to have the support in that way, to have the love in that way, uh, is just extraordinary uh, to open up your eyes. Um, but the, the, the two, actually, ironically, that I do also want to mention just from a leadership perspective uh, as well, uh, interestingly enough, the first real female uh, leader in my family was my grandmother. And my grandmother and my grandfather had a small business, uh, a music a chain of music schools. They actually had seven locations at one point. And everybody always joked about how they thought it was my grandfather who was kind of the, the, the person who put all this together. Uh, in one respect on the music side, he was. Uh, but it was actually my grandmother that ran the business uh, all the way starting back in, in the 50s and 60s and 70s. And uh, she was actually the one that built that community. She built the finances. She built the processes. She hired all the teachers. And she just kind of was this uh, unbelievable matriarch of, of this school. And the way in which she led everybody uh, was just extraordinary to me, just absolutely extraordinary. Uh, and so to be able to, to, to just kind of witness, you know, some of that, obviously, as, as I was younger, and then all of the stories of uh, things that she did through the years that she would share with us uh, was just inspiring to me in terms of the way that she could show up and the impact that she had. Wow. Okay. couple of things. <laughs> <laughs> I've got more. I can keep going. <laughs> I know. And I'm just, I, you would have me captivated. I'm sitting here like just calmly, like a little kid on a, on a rug, just <laughs> listening. <laughs> but that I really want to go back to um, your wife too and, and come back to your grandmother because, you know, to have someone believe in us mm -hmm. so faithfully you know, I think that's what really helps us to stretch beyond where we are. And I, I know in my experience, it's when people have believed in me more than I believed in myself that has always called me to be something bigger yes. and something greater. And when you have that, it's, it's a gift, yeah. such a gift. Um, and you have to admire it and your grandmother. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> She sounds, she doesn't, uh, actually, let me start this way. She sounds like she had it all under control. She did. She was, uh, she was four feet, 11 inches of control. <laughs> <laughs> was she feisty? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. She was an unbelievable, unbelievable lady. 
but but even I, just for a moment to go back to to what we were just describing with um, with my wife, I think it's that ability to see people for who they are and to see their greatness even when they don't. And you know that's something that comes out of her very essence and, and the essence of being an educator. Um, very much why she was drawn to that field. And I think that's something that I'm, I'm not sure I should say that it comes easier to women, but certainly looking at people in that way because it's based off of what I would consider to be a more feminine value set of the way in which we look to build people up, the way in which we look to collaborate, the things that we look to notice within them, that's becoming more and more prevalent today and, and needed more than probably it ever has in the last 2,000 years. And so uh, I think there's been a fundamental shift, and, and my wife exhibited that as an educator, uh, and the leaders certainly that I've been drawn to, men and women, um, they exhibit that. They get you to be greater than you even realize you can be at that time. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's so worthy as leaders and, and especially as coaches, because this isn't this what we're trying to do as coaches is really hone that skill to be able to see something within somebody that perhaps they can't even see yet themselves Absolutely, and show it to them. Absolutely. And it's so fun. And just, and just from a, uh, on the, uh, I guess maybe a little bit on a shift to kind of the current professional side of things, uh, just somebody that I happen to see speak and so germane to this conversation. So I wanted to call this out. Uh, there's a woman, um, a filmmaker, a documentary filmmaker by the name of Je Jennifer Siebel Newsom. And she created two different movies. One was called Miss representation, M-I-S-S, -S, misrepresentation. And the other is The Mask I Live In, which was more recently uh, released. The reason why I call these out, and specifically The Mask I Live In, which was the second one, was it focused on the way in which boys and men are raised inside of society. Her first movie was on, on women and on the misrepresentation, meaning the way in which women are portrayed, the way they are represented in the media, uh, and represented in, in, in you know, various stories and things like that. And it was very, very powerful. But then for her to turn around because she had a baby son and to turn around and say, you know what, exactly as you said in terms of taking the lead, this is not on one gender or the other. This is a societal thing that we need to be taking a look at. And she very much dissects the way in which uh, not just now that women have uh, and young, young women have been brought up, but how young men are brought up. And it is a very, very powerful documentary that speaks to this shift I think we are seeing in the value set and kind of the energy by which we want to run our society. Yeah, I have to, I have to find that documentary, you know, something that came to mind as you were sharing that is I had an experience in one of the workshops I was leading and I was, you know, they were leaders and it was all about how to bring coaching skills back into their um, work environment so they could develop other leaders. And some of the men in the workshop were noticing, you know, the, the habit that women have where we all go to the bathroom together. <laughs> right. And the whole time, you know, the women are chatting and talking about different experiences that they're having and they're bonding. Yes. And when we, we came back from a break, one of the guys was like, can I, can I just share something, you know, cause, and this was a workshop where we had been meeting like every, every three weeks for a full day mm -hmm. for weeks. And so a bond had been formed and everyone was becoming comfortable with each other. He was like, 
I, I wish we could do that as men, yeah. but we can't. If we did that, <laughs> we would be mocked, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that like, and if I chatted with a guy like that, like going to the, or it was like, Hey, do you want to go to the bathroom? You know, that sort of thing. He's like, you just can't do it. Like we can't bond with each other in that way. And it was a sobering moment. You just hit a, a, a core, core element of what they raise. And in, in the one documentary, I mentioned the mask I live in because we fall within quite literally these masks. That, that we need to wear. And we do this as, as both genders. We do this. And we start fitting into these societal norms of what we can and we cannot do. And we don't realize how fast that begins to limit who we are and the experiences we have and the connections that we can form. And I think that's why, you know, I, I was so drawn to, to that particular work. And I'm, I'm honestly drawn by uh, what you talk about here on this show is how do we begin to break down some of those paradigms? How do we begin to reveal what's behind the mask so that we can get past this I should or I shouldn't uh, or, you know, that that's accepted or not? Uh, we've we've dealt with that for way too many centuries, way too many millennia. It's time for us to, to, to begin to move on to a different paradigm. Oh, I love that. And that is a great segue because something I'm always curious um, to get from the perspective of men is what what do you see that holds women back. You've worked with a lot of women. What are some of the trends that you that you notice? Hmm. I think one of the ones, and I'll, I can't say again that this is this is solely uh, for women, but I, I certainly with some of the, the the women executives that I've worked with and everything else, it seems to come up. And the way that I describe it is, it's the idea of giving a preface. So, let me start here. Most of the time, when women are taking in leadership positions. And because this is up until recently, this has been so dramatically the case, they're taking over in what has typically been a male-dominated environment. And so they're, they're replicating models that just inherently can't work for them because they're, they're, they're different beings and they come at things a different way. I will say that more often than not, obviously, part of the – maybe it's a stereotype, but there, it does come from somewhere – is that women are going to be typically more connected to their heart than they are to their head. That's something that can be absolutely taken advantage of in terms of social intelligence, emotional intelligence, the way in which we form connections. The piece that at times I think gets in the way when I get to this idea of giving the preface is that I think for women, I think this is honestly true for everybody, but specific for for women, if we can explain our intentions up front for the sake of understanding, not justifying, not to, you know, oh, we need to explain ourselves. It's being able to give the preface, me lay the groundwork, explain the intentions behind something, explain the objective behind the next decision or where this question is coming from, the direction that we're planning, the vision that is there. The more that we spend the time to set the table, to tell a little bit of that backstory, as it were, that that lays the premise of where we're going. It eliminates the any judgment or reactions people may have to the story if they feel like they're jumping into the story like five scenes into the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. And when we spend that time to 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 make sure that everybody's on the same page up front, now all of a sudden we're we're starting from the same place. And I think that is something I certainly have coached uh, women executives on that. Like I said, it, it does it does fall on both sides of the, the gender aisle uh, as as well. Uh, but that's probably come up, I guess, a little bit more maybe with the the uh, women executives that I've worked with. Yeah. And to be fair for the people who are in those environments that have, you know, that are male dominated and now a woman mm-hmm. is coming in as a leader, you know, we, we have to give them some space too, to get adjusted. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And to be able to, and I think that's, you know, so when I, even when I say like things like giving the preface, it's, you know, another way of, of one of those elements of doing that is name the elephant in the room. And I think that's, you know, that's one of the things that when, if, if you are a woman leader that has come into something that is a more typically male dominated uh, environment or team or otherwise, it's okay to acknowledge that. Acknowledge it to yourself. At times, it's okay to acknowledge that within a team and just say, hey, guys, yeah, I, I do things. I, I do things a little bit differently. I'm looking at things a little bit differently. Um, and you know, here's where I'm coming from. Here's why I'm coming from that direction. Here's what I'm trying to understand by doing it that way. Uh, the more that we acknowledge these things as opposed to sweep them under the rug or you know, magically assume that they're just going to all of a sudden get worked out one day, uh, the better off we are. Acknowledge it. Talk about it. Make it part of the conversation. There's no reason why we can't. There's nothing to be afraid of. Right. That that strategy has definitely worked for me, especially um, in a networking group that I'm a part of, right? It's a group of business owners, right? They set their own schedules. They make their own rules, mm-hmm. right? We're all leaders, you know, and I tend to be more progressive than most people. I'm a change maker and not everyone likes that. But what I found is if I say, here's my goal, and here's why I have this goal. And here's how my goal benefits you. Yes. It changes the whole dynamic. So instead of feeling resistance, even if they're not 100% on board, they're like, well, you know what? I'm going to sit back and watch. It lets people understand where you're coming from, what direction you're trying to go in. They can understand the drivers. They don't have to assume ulterior motives. They don't have to fill in this story with whatever other interpretations, whatever other experiences that they've had. It just it sets the stage. Absolutely. Awesome. And Luke, and you, you understand this too, in a mentoring relationship, there's, there's give and take on both (laughs) sides. It's not, it's not just the mentor giving to the protege. The protege often gives back to the mentor. So from the women that you have mentored yourself, what have you learned from them? I think, you know, there's one client in particular, uh, that certainly does stand out. And I've, I learned something from every single client I've ever worked with, uh, because you just get different perspectives and different wisdom, uh, from their experiences and the way that they look at things. Uh, one in particular that does, that always stands out to me, um, took what was a, a truly tragic, uh, experience in life of losing her husband very, very early in life. Uh, and even though she, she already had a very successful career and everything else in, in her own right, uh, she ultimately very uh, dramatically shifted gears and went in a different direction and turned what was truly just a, a horrific life circumstance into a mission. Um, and she quite literally has, has formed it and, and taken it into the direction of wanting to change the face of survivorship because it has to do with cancer. And the power in which the, the vulnerability comes through to be able to demonstrate this is what I've been through in life and to, to be able to share it very openly, very transparently, and to be able to say, and this is what draws me to this direction and draws me to this mission in life and the meaning that I think that, that I can bring into this life because of this experience, I need to do that. And I need to, to, to ter- transmute this experience into, into something more. And that takes extraordinary uh, power that takes extraordinary energy to be able to go through something like that, be as open and vulnerable about something like that, and then use it. Mm, I know who you're referring to, and and she is amazing. And my own experience with her was just being in awe with how vulnerable and open yeah. she was with her experience, which you know people don't often then make this connection, but in turn, it also she now presents as being so strong. <laughs> yeah. 
because she is so vulnerable. She's not afraid of her vulnerability. Exactly. So there, it's like it's almost like she's bulletproof because she's like, <laughs> I'm going to talk about it. Well, you know, it's it's funny you say it that way because I've I've always you know talked to my clients about the idea that vulnerability is the ultimate invulnerability. Yes. Uh, because if it's if it's out there and you're the one willing to to put it out there and to acknowledge whatever it is that you need to acknowledge, nobody can hurt you. Right. If you own it, what can they say? Exactly. Awesome. And Luke, what changes do you see are necessary for more women to step up as leaders? Well, I think it, it is something we we began talking about before, which is don't you know, don't follow the the male leadership that's been out there. <laughs> it's don't copy something that are we already know can work better. Um, lean into you know truly who you are as women and that feminine value set and feminine uh, leadership qualities and styles that are there. Uh, there's such extraordinary power in in that and letting that true essence of who you are through. And so I think the more that we recognize and the more that that women lean into this is truly who I am. I'm not going to try and fit somebody else's mold. I'm not going to try and fit into somebody else's environment. Um, I'm going to to be me. I'm going to lean into what my strengths are, what my values are, my way of looking at things, my way of feeling into things. Uh, the, the more natural it's going to feel, and that's where you actually gain power. Uh, and by power, I mean that you gain uh, influence in the most positive of ways, because that ultimately is is what you know leadership is is about. It's about the influence and the impact that we have on other people uh, towards some vision, towards some goal, towards some positive outcome. And you can't have that that ultimate power of impact and influence in in that manner to drive people and motivate and inspire people if you're not being truly you know yourself. Um, and so to me, the necessary change is to continue to lean more and more into being a woman. Um, so I'd throw out, I'd throw out questions of, of, you know, what does being a woman mean to you? Uh, what does being a woman leader mean to you? Uh, what are your values? Uh, how would you rework the, the, the work environment and dynamic or work relationships to fit more of who you are and how you think things can be, uh, kind of create that ideal image of, of the new paradigm that is born from truly who you are. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm like, oh my God, I've got to answer those questions. <laughs> <laughs> I to look at it from that perspective, I don't think I don't think I've ever been asked the question, what does being a woman mean to you? I think right there my mind just started like going like, whoa, <laughs> that's that's a wild question. And how do you want to bring that? And I think you know, because my, my experience is sometimes women are so feel so defensive about being a woman, mm -hmm. especially in male dominated environments. They don't even think about what what is it? What's the true essence mm -hmm. of being a woman and how could how do I want to change things? What do I want to be different? Yes. And recently, um, a woman joined my um, BNI group. She's a financial advisor, and we were getting together for coffee. And I, you know, asked the question, you know, what, what's a good referral for you? How can I help you? You know, that sort of thing. And I remember her saying, "She's like, come on, Jody, we're women." <laughs> She's like. I'm looking to make connections, mm -hmm. you know, introduce me to people that I can build a relationship with, mm -hmm. you know, that's a great referral for me. And it was like, <sighs> <laughs> that's excellent. And it's, it's when you, when you get into some of these conversations and when you get into some of these questions, I, I just want to actually go back to the one question that you pulled out, which was, uh, what does being a woman mean to you? The key part of that is also mean to you. So 
I think when we look at some of these questions, we look at some of these paradigms, don't define being a woman based on what society would say or what the company would say or what family and friends might say. It's what does it mean to you? And that's when you're going to get the answer like you just described from, from a networking experience of what it means to that individual, that woman professional, was that it means that I do things based on relationship. I do things based on connection in that relationship, not just somebody I've exchanged a business card with. Right. Nice. Okay. And Luke, I know you have a million things going on right now, but what's one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about and want to share with us? I could pick, I guess, yeah, you're right. I could pick a lot of things right now. Um, (laughs) I'm in a fun, creative space right now. So uh, I'd say the one thing um, that uh, just kind of above all is is drawing me forward is I'm working on uh, a new book uh, called The Meaningful Way. Uh, It's actually how I've most recently um, relaunched my podcast. Uh, And it's so it's a book, it's a podcast, it's leading to some other events and programs and and things like that that we're going to be working on. And what what this really comes back to was that for so long, there are elements of who we are and, and what we learn in life is to chase kind of these artificial goals and needs. It's it's the the societal expectations, the community expectations, family expectations, uh, even expectations of self that we have that really have come from outside of ourselves. And it's not really truly what I would refer to as our meaningful way, meaning it's not really the path we're meant to travel based on the essence of who we truly are as individuals. And so the the book and the podcast and, and the programs and everything else are really helping people to begin to take a look at the way that they have traveled to this point and start to recognize that there's always this kind of beautiful pattern that is actually there in all of the ups and downs of your life. That meaning has always been there. You just haven't always seen it. And so when things are flying and things are flowing and things are going really, really well, then you're probably pretty close to your meaningful way. When they aren't, that all that means is that something is absent. And so it gives us the chance to say, huh, I wonder what was missing from this. I wonder what was really going on. What was I really feeling? What was, you know, what was it that had me feel like I was so off track? And so um, I'm kind of exploring this meaningful way. I'm exploring the questions that are related to it. Um, and it's a, obviously a, a journey that's been um, uh, an intimate one for me to travel uh, over, over my past uh, 20 plus, 25 years or, or so uh, of adulthood. And I want to be on that journey. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, definitely I've had my own journey too, but I mean, I think that's the the crux of it right there. That's the work is to separate out the expectations of us from what actually has meaning for us. I think, you know, there have been moments and Mm -hmm. and lapsed time, you know, I can't even put a number on it. There has been time when I have been able to separate what I want from what's expected of me and just had the experience of just like absolute peace and joy and, and, and a calling. Yes. It's, it's when, when you're involved in certain, whether it be activities or experiencers or, or, or those moments where you feel like life is happening through you, You've just got complete resonance with the moment that you are in at that, at that point in time. It's natural. It's effortless. 
that starts to point you towards the kind of the meaning that's always been there for you. It's you're tapping into something at that moment that is essentially who you are. And, you know, I, I look at this and, and I will tell you that, that part of the genesis of, of, of where this began was having conversations with a couple of uh, close friends of mine, one of whom decided to make a very, very substantial life change and finally go after the work that they were always meant to do. And they had just been too afraid of it for literally well over a decade. And um, they, they finally got to the point that they realized they were risking too much by not doing it. And so they, they, they have moved in that direction and they're doing very, very well. And at the same time, in the same week that I was having that conversation, I talked to another friend who had reached out to me who was very interested in the things that I had done and, and you know, some of what I've been fortunate enough to experience in my life and was asking questions of me of, you know, how did you do this? How did you see this coming and everything else? We chatted through it, ultimately to have him step back and say, yeah, but you know what? I, I know that I don't like the company I work for. I know I don't like the work that I do. I know that I'm not actually even crazy about the people that I work with, but it's what I need to do. And it's what, what I need to do to, to pay the bills. It's what I need to do to take care of this. I need to do to take care of that. And I could literally watch him shrink back into his small self. And it was heartbreaking, honestly. Yeah. Um, and I I, you know, I, I always, you know, took, take a look at my clients and I, I, they know one of the questions they're going to hear, one of the scenarios they're going to hear from me is to imagine that it's, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years beyond the point that we're in the moment that we're in right now. And they know they're only going to have a, a, a certain amount of time left with their children and their grandchildren. How do they want to be able to say they handled this moment in time? Because that always has a different answer than the answer that they normally give me, which is, oh, I think I should be doing this right now. Right. Right. We get so focused on like the next bill Yes, that needs to be paid or, or the person who's going to look at us funny and, if we say, I'm going to quit my job. And <laughs> all we've got to do is sacrifice our well-being, sacrifice who we truly are, sacrifice joy, fulfillment, freedom. That's it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It, it's when you put it in that perspective. You know, I, I, I talk with my clients all the time who when they say they're uncomfortable thinking about doing something and I was like, Okay, well, let's talk about how uncomfortable you're going to be if this continues. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, and that that puts it in perspective. I think we 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 when we really face the price we're already paying, yes. that the other price doesn't seem so bad. All of a sudden, good enough is no longer good enough when you realize what that risk and that pain actually is. Right. Awesome. Oh my gosh. All right, Luke. <laughs> I'm this. I want to hear. Share with us a success quote or a mantra, and why it has meaning for you. <laughs> Sure. Um, let me share two, actually. Yes, there's, okay, there's, fine. there's one that, that I would say <laughs> is a little bit more on the practical side, but it has had such importance to my life. And then one that's a little bit deeper. <laughs> um, so the one that's very, very practical uh, comes from actually one of just my, my favorite speakers that was out there for so long was Zig Ziglar. Uh, just had such incredibly electric energy. And he, he used to say that people often say that motivation doesn't last. Well, neither does bathing. That's why we recommend it daily. And it, for me, it, it took over just this idea of how do you put certain practices in place, certain rituals in place, and not just for motivation, but to feel the motivation, to feel gratitude, to feel free, to feel fulfilled. What is it that you're doing on a regular basis to set you up for success and set you up for the experiences that you want to have in life? Don't take it for granted, right? Do something about it. Be proactive about it. Make it and bake it into your life. Um, so that had a very practical meaning. One, however, that has been much deeper and has always held such extraordinary um, resonance in terms of what I have found in life is from Joseph Campbell. 
And uh, it's a quote from Joseph Campbell, which is, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek. That has rung so true in so many different aspects of my life of the, the times that I felt like I was in the darker spaces, the really challenging times, the things when things were just not coming together. That was usually when I found the actual treasure that was the most meaningful to me. Mm, thank you. I needed to hear that again. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Joseph Campbell. I love watching his PBS interviews. Yes. Yep. They're so awesome. All right. And Luke, tell us how this community can connect with you. Sure. Uh, best best way to stay in touch is I, I simply use LukeIorio.com. Uh, you can you can find all the, the the things that I'm up to, some of the things that we chatted about, some of the things that we didn't even have a chance to get into. Uh, but if you go to LukeIorio.com, you'll be able to see the, the podcast, The Meaningful Way. You'll be able to see the new course we just launched, which is the seven-day shift to kind of help you jumpstart that, that journey. You'll see the stuff we do with IPEC and the Live Lead Play Network and everything else that's there. Yeah. And I would love to have you back. I know you have so much going on and things are in development. So I'd love to have another chat with you, you as, as some of these things progress. That would be awesome. That'd be and oh, yay. And for those of you ladies who are listening, I know you're often on the run and on, in the car and on the way to work. So don't worry about it. All the links, all the resources Luke shared in this episode, you can find at womentakingthelead.com. If you put Luke in the search tab, his show notes page will pop right up and you can find it there. And Luke, thank you so much for taking the time to share your wisdom with us today. We are all better for having met you. Thank you, Jody. It was my pleasure. Your website tells a story about your business. At Zebra Love Web Solutions, Millie and her team are going to make sure your website tells the story you want your customers to hear. Connect with Millie at ZebraLoveWebSolutions.com to create the impression you want to make. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life but need some support? Head over to WomenTakingTheLead.com forward slash contact to introduce yourself. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining with me and here's to your success.